Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. stuff. Hello, boys and girls out there, and welcome to the podcast, We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. This is Christine Guthrie here, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. So we're doing something a little different this week. It's a podcast format that has been requested by listeners and industry folks alike. Today, we are bringing together four chefs from different backgrounds and restaurants in St. Louis, most of whom had never met before. Today we have Kendall and Dakota Kolb, Alex Salkowski, and Matt Duffin. So enough of me talking, I will let them get to it. Please enjoy our first roundtable of the podcast We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. Who the hell is offbeat? Here, I'll pour it on brew first. Nice. All right. So this is New England style IPA. Sweet. It's not a lot of people doing it. Second shift is doing one. Uh, narrow Gauge is killing it right now. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Narrow Gauge. It's in Florissant. It's in a little restaurant called Cugino's. It's a, you know, typical like cream pasta Italian with toasted raviolis and you know St. Louis Italian. Home stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right where I grew up. I grew up in uh, Hazelwood. Yeah. So there's more right here if you guys want to try it's it. Really good. So the point behind this is just to be super juicy, super hazy. Mm-hmm. So they treat the water, and then you just create yeast that has low attenuation. So attenuation is when the yeast ferment, and as they're fermenting, they have the tendency to clump together to create bigger particles. So yeast that low attenuates stays in suspension so that's why you get this this haze that's in there but then the water chemistry helps to create that haze as well okay. so then obviously the, the the train of thought has always been to like clear you know make a crystal clear beer right so right. like all the old school brewers are just like kind of upset at this whole style because it's like everything i've known is wrong and as a chef it's cool watching because like i was there when sous vide hit i was there when you know molecular like astronomy hit and all the old guys were like this isn't cooking and this isn't that <laughs> yeah. and then you bring in you know like i brought the whole like i was at cardwell's when we first got an immersion circulator and i was like here let me show you how to use this nice and then so this dude who had been you know raising short ribs for 50 fucking years and was talking mad shit on sous vide mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's now sous viding his short ribs for you know for 48 hours or whatever however long we were doing it so it's like it's really cool and it's not to say that it doesn't have a place it's just really neat as somebody who's creative to just watch the changes you know what i mean and watch how things progress and how like the change in thought changes and then like once things get to america like how we just flip them upside down on their head and then that just becomes the new trend until something else trends. So. See, that's a cool perspective because coming into the game being younger, 
it's almost assumed that you already know how to sous vide. Mm-hmm. So right. like, they're just like, oh yeah, just go do the sous vide and you have to learn how to set it up. Well, okay. all sous vides are different. Right. I don't know what you guys use, but there's like Jewel out there. Mm-hmm. We have a poly science, like an old poly science at mm-hmm. work that we use, which is a little more complicated, but... Yeah, right. no one's going into the game. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, go, like, just coming out of culinary school, you know, when are you going to start learning the new techniques? Like we're, we're, we're French culinary trained or, or, or but that's pretty much what they like... They go is is to French culinary terms right. and, and cooking. Like when do we start, you know, developing the new styles and putting them in books and like have everybody read them? Like oh, sous vide, you're gonna learn that in school, right. or is it just kind of thrown out the window? I mean, well, and even that, like, not a lot of classes will tell you tell you like really old school techniques, like a lot of good charcuterie making or mm-hmm. like fermentation or cheese making or things like that. I was lucky enough that we did a couple cheeses in my classes. I don't know if you guys did too. Yeah, kind of like mm-hmm. Carmonier, but like we didn't do anything aged or fermented or anything like crazy that we could have done. We had the resources to do it. We just we just didn't. Right. But like yeah. why? It was it was up to our discretion if we wanted to you know go out of the box for that day. Like yeah, Garmo I was was probably the most exciting class I had mm-hmm. in college. Was was like you had a book and they're like all right, knock yourself out, go crazy. Mm-hmm. We had a class a question. We had a question, but if if that just it's a uh, like a you know pass or fail or uh, you know. If you fail this time, right. you know, go back to, to the drawing board and see what, see what else works. You mm-hmm. know, and that's like, we were talking uh, in the meeting for Chefs Helping Chefs, like, you know, fermentation is one of those things that's like, is super hip nowadays. It's like, if you can ferment something, do it. Pickling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously I, I'm going to work with miso more often, but miso is really cool to work with. Um, but just the, the aid uh, of fermentation. Yeah. I mean, really though, fermentation is the oldest form of cooking. That's what I'm talking about. It's just like, and then it's, like I said, watching that process of things, like watching something old become new again. And it's just like, yeah, fermentation's real hip. But like, fermentation was a way of like burying food in the ground and coming back to it eight months later and yep. being there and it not killing you. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it's like, survive. now it's just like everybody wants to ferment everything because one, it's cool, like yeah, it's cool and you can do something new and, like, we're all just kind of used to, like, the food from the last 10, 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. if you've been paying attention to food. And it's also a way of, you know, and I'm sure you've noticed this now, being professional cooks in your own life, is that people see you as you have this, like, inside track on the food and eating and all this stuff. And it's like, no, I just have learned a little bit more than you have. Mm-hmm. So really what we're doing is we're just giving back what we're learning, you know what I mean? And that's really the fun part in it is, like, we're keeping the, the masses kind of educated. It's like some of these things would die if there wasn't people like who weren't not interested in mm-hmm. sous vide and who weren't not interested in tiny as many tiny dots on the plate as they can get, you know what I mean? And the yep. whole David Chang pushing the ugly delicious thing and really just like really refined rustic food with like old school techniques is cool, you know what I mean? I never went to culinary school, so... I can only give like an outsider's perspective on why you don't learn all those things. This is just there's so much, mm-hmm. and like the budget would be huge. And it's like, yeah, if we all wanted to go six figures in debt, we would all go to the CIA, yep. and we would all sure. like, you I know, agree. we would all take the baking courses. We would take all the modernist courses. But even they have, you know, hey, there's an eighteen month program you can get in and out, especially if you got cooking skills. So it's like, there's so much, 
you know what I mean? That's why. It's like there's you would be in school forever. So we're always in school and the new textbooks are being written by our peers. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? And and we all rush out to get them, dude, and it's just like, dude, as soon as well, they like, realize that people are learning these new techniques or learning old new techniques, you know, right. and, and they realize that people want to learn those. Right. So. Chefs writing cookbooks is like I mean, obviously Matthew Jennings has just came out with his, his new book, Homegrown, but like, you know, seeing the and Sean Brock's one of those guys the chefs that are actually in the kitchen grinding out, doing things, doing recipe development like 24-7, mm. you know, giving back. Those are the books that, you know, people that not necessarily go to culinary school should be reading. Not the, you know, Betty Crocker cookbook, not giving like Betty Crocker a hit, but, yeah. you know, seeing the stuff that's like been, been proven for people who, you know, aren't going to spend, you know, I mean, I spent two grand going to culinary school. Half it was free, but like not going to, you know, hit on everybody that writes a cookbook, but, you know, people that have been through that and can have experienced something to give back instead of just, you know, a very one-sided piece of paper reading. Yeah. Butcher's one of those things, too. Farm to table, the nose to tail, you know, coming full circle. back Way back when, you know, meat and protein was one of those things that you had to, you know, you used every part of it, you yeah. know. Even the the hide and the, the you know the the trotters on p- pigs and you know the face, you know that we started moving out of that. Right. Like no, that's gross. That's gross. And now everybody's like, this is awesome. It's it's been the dipshit American consumerism though. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like as somebody who was Street cooking fine dining, f- I was cooking fine dining in the late '90s and early 2000s, and it was like you know veal and can we fly in? You know whatever you know like truffles and caviar well it's <laughs> yeah. just like expensive Flaw. expensive primal cuts of meat you know yeah. what i mean and only focusing on that primal cut and it's like no you're, we're just throwing so much to the wayside and that's why it's like yeah america is like one of the only like cultures where like using everything had to be some like some new discovery all of a sudden again and it had to be trendy and neat where it's just like that shit hasn't fallen out in most of Western Europe. The rest and, and of the world is yeah, especially, yeah, you know. It's necessity. It grew out of necessity, but it continued as a tradition because yeah. it just makes sense. Like, right. if you have something, use it. Why right. get exactly. rid of it if you can do something with it? Right. There's no oh, point for that. Only in the first world would we make that trendy. This yeah. is kind of what I'm hitting on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but it's cool. It makes sense. It makes it fun. It gives us something to, like, draw from and, and to create from instead of just, like, how expensive can I make this dish? How gaudy can I make this dish? It's like, how much can I strip it down and still make it make sense and still make it beautiful? And now I'm making a bunch of money doing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, not going to stress my food cost. Like, if you know how to cook right, food cost isn't really an issue, you know? Well, it's if you enjoy cooking, you can push yourself to a new way. Even if you haven't cooked with something, cook with it. Like, get it in. Get a couple pieces in. Like, have everybody cook with it and compete in the restaurant or make family meal out of it or something try new ideas on people like yeah. there's no reason that somebody can't enjoy like good liver or heart or mm-hmm. tongue or like any good cuts that the ma- normal person would think would be weird that are actually pretty delicious right that's been the biggest struggle in my journey cooking in st louis and what's been pushing me to always leave but i always find myself back here sure it's just the approachability to the diner you know what i yeah. mean like you can throw all the crazy stuff out there you want man but you ain't gonna sell it at quincy are you you know what i mean <laughs> like like and, and i've gone through that struggle man and it's just like you know when i was working at west end grill like there's a whole bunch of stuff i wanted to try and do but it's just like these people aren't gonna eat it you know i, mean? I feel like it's all about like how you and everything is so hidden is how like you talk about it yeah. the consumer wants to know yeah they're not gonna necessarily try it because you know we, we've now gotten to a point like 
people want to eat what they're comfortable with or what they're what they're comfortable in seeing or like how mm-hmm. it's prepared. You know, breaking down a, an entire pig is one of the I mean, coolest things that I think of. But when I'm in the industry, that you know, that's not necessarily. The consumer itself is like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. It's like, wow, that's gross. Like, I don't yeah. even see that. Yeah. But, you know, you get a pork chop on your plate, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's fucking delicious. Right. And you, you see them butcher, butcher a whole pig, and they're like, that, you know, I don't want to see that. Right. So it's all about, like, being, like, as a consumer, being made aware of, like, you know, farm to table. You know, this pig was raised in this farm, eating this much and whatever, and now here, now here it is. You know, the GMOs was, was huge when I was going to high school. And they would play all these videos for us, trying to weed uh, weed out the, uh, the I guess the, the the people that were like all squeamish, mm-hmm. about obviously you know, Peter's getting on you know, uh, Tyson and all that stuff. They were they were playing all these videos, but like that's what people are, are wanting to eat. They want to eat chicken, so we gotta we gotta keep force feeding chicken. Well, and so people <laughs> want to eat cheap. They don't want to eat expensive. Exactly. You know what yep. I mean? They don't they don't care that you're back there and that you've spent all this time in your they don't life. Care where it came from. No. But yeah, but they don't care. Like they don't they can't equate the 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 unpaid hours. They can't equate, you know, spending your paycheck to go buy groceries and just cook for yourself at home or your friends and family so you can push yourself in a different direction that the restaurant that you're working in is going. Like people people mm-hmm. can't equate that to a plate. They have their own thing and, 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 you know, somebody working a retail job can't afford to eat your work every day at an exorbitant rate, you know what I mean? Like, so that's going to force, you know, your creativity and that's where, where it's like, like you get back to people eating what they're comfortable with. That's where like, we're lucky enough now, like people can get comfortable with you via social media and then just Mm -hmm. come and try your things. Like you guys are very fortunate that, and especially you, man, like you've been able to hit social media in a way that wasn't even available to me you know what i mean and just even get your name out there it's like so like there's that advantage so it's now it's about selling yourself now Mm -hmm. it's about marketing yourself but at the same time you still got to back it up you still got to cook you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. that's going to be the one thing that that still separates people apart it's like yeah your food looks so good on instagram but tastes like shit in my mouth yep (laughs) (laughs) it's got to taste good first yeah true yeah people do eat with their eyes but yeah it's all about yeah the taste and that's the one thing that like i'm i may have my differences with the st louis food scene but that's the one thing that's nice is that it's very they're they're getting people comfortable with the idea of like going out to eat and trying something different other Mm -hmm. than you know uh applebee's and fridays and you know well it's almost like the people are not to disrespect anybody people are getting smarter to to different food and are willing to try new foods they're they're like all right well I notice that things that are in the grocery stores and the boxes and things like that that are pre-made are not good for me. Right. So maybe I should go somewhere else and try something that A is different or B could even be better for me health-wise. Right. Uh, you know, vegetable forward things like that. Yeah. Even just trying like different ovals or, or anything crazy. Like I yeah. people that try different cheese that's not like American cheese. Right. Like mm-hmm. for one. Yeah, it's cool. Like you go into a Whole Foods dude and you just see like the amount of cheese that even a Whole Foods carries now. And you're just like, yeah. all right, people are trying stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then, dude, just look at beer in St. Louis. Look at how many people are just like, their idea of beer was Bud Light and there was nothing else but, you right. know what I yeah. mean, for the longest time. And then these are the same people who are down in Urban Chestnut getting their growler filled now. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Yeah, it's a for, for, for sure. a while it's like, yo, we, we're only drinking Anheuser-Busch products. And then, bam, the craft brew scene just like, it literally exploded in yeah. St. Louis. And now you've got, fuck, so many different brews. Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. 
you know, when they're all making competitive beer, like there's not like one brewery that pops up like, "Oh, your, your beer is shit." It's like, no. "Wow, this is like this is tasty." Yeah, so, people that do it are the people that love it, and they're mm-hmm. trying to bring it to new people and, and show them that there's other than just Bud Light or Bud Light Lime or Stella or mm-hmm. right. whatever it may be. I, yeah, and it's cool because as chefs, like this is the new Napa Valley. Like the rest of the beer world is looking to St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. Like so, it's important that that the food and the beer scene become one and the chefs and the brewers work together because we can kill it the way that, you know, everybody in Napa was killing it back in the day. Mm. And even, even the way that, you know, Trotter was doing wine dinners and wine pairings with food in the nineties, early two thousands, like we can be doing that Mm. very, very soon. You know what I mean? And I think the one thing that's definitely cool is, is people, dropping away so much from the professionalism and more into just like the craft you know what I mean like it's just like I'm just gonna like what can I do and yeah how can I do something that's like you know what can I just keep making keep my cost low but like let's let's do something let's just try something if somebody likes it they like it if they don't well tell me like what can I do to change it what can I make it better that you would enjoy it so I can bring it to another person and maybe hopefully they'll like it right I feel like beer like for a while was very I don't know probably very cut and dry like you knew like what you were getting like a Bud Light or a Budweiser right. like they weren't stay like they weren't being too like experimental they weren't they were they were afraid to do other things with different you know hops grains you know barley uh, wheat but now I feel like everyone's like fuck it if we can do it we can do it like you know Center Ice is one of those places that you know me and uh, Alex have worked with uh, very closely but you know they're creative as hell like they had come up with an idea they got the they got the Mesa Plus to do it done and within a couple weeks to a month you got a beer rolled out and yeah. it's delicious i mean obviously it's you know you gotta do your your research and all that shit but you know people are not afraid to you know put things that should not go together in beer and then make it work yeah same with food i mean you know our we look at a plate as a blank canvas you know just like a, a, a an artist and we you know we see it 3d whereas a person just sees a plate we see you know you know we can work with height we can work with textures components uh you know uh you know the umami effect. You know, touching all all the senses. Same with beer, and that's why, like, when I I like when you brought up that you know beer and food, you know, just like Napa Valley, can, we can kill the game. Right. So many collaborations. Obviously, me and Alex have done done one really soon, uh, but being able to you know migrate those two together, so harmoniously. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a a big fan of what's been going on. Like you said, with people trying to. To, to, to make things that probably were, weren't thought of as being good, you know what I mean? And, like, that's what we're seeing, like, with the modern chef and the modern brewer at the same time is, like, modern cooking is just about taking all all the flavors and, and the, the combinations of things we know that work with food and then just rethinking them. It's like, okay, how can I, how can I give beets and citrus a whole different you know, approach, how can, like, I can take beets, goat cheese, and citrus, right? These are three things I know that have worked since the beginning of time. Classic. Classic. Yep. But now I'm just going to change the texture. Now I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, like... something different with the beet. Yeah. I'm going to juice the beet and set it with, you know, xanthum. I'm going to whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or I'm going to make goat goat cheese cheese snow, you know? You know what I mean? Things like that. Like, I'm talking about, yeah, like, modernist, where you're just, like, completely breaking something down and changing the molecular structure of it and giving it a texture that you didn't think it could have guys are doing that with brews and, and women are doing that with brews now you know what i mean and just like look at 
look at Earthbound, dude. Like, some of their shit is just so crazy off the wall. They're just like, fuck it, we're gonna push it and we're gonna have fun with it. But it's tasty. Yeah. yeah. What was the one that had, like, a beat with, like, a pep, uh, chili of some kind of thing? It's got, like, some heat to it. Yeah. I went there on my birthday uh, in October and it was it was fantastic. I had, like, three glasses of it. I was really drunk by that point. Though. It was, like, nighttime. <laughs> Still tasty. What do you want to talk about? You chiming in? You know, I, I don't know a lot about what you guys are talking about. <laughs> what are you going to talk about? Well, I'm in bacon and pastry, and I work at Cacao Chocolate. So, what I know about the culinary side of things, I basically learned from Dakota. You want to sip on And listening to him talk. And it's all really interesting to me. I just don't know a lot about it. Um, what do but, you do at Cacao? Like, what is your... Um, I'm a confectioner. Okay. Like, I'm one of three confectioners there. So, we do all sorts of... Um, we work with chocolate, we work with cooked sugar and things like that. Nice. And it's a lot of fun. Do you guys do anything like crazy, like decorative sculptures or anything? Or are you strictly more Sadly, like no, stuff? we yeah. don't. But we do, um, it's all handmade. It's all natural, no preservatives. Artificial flavors, things like that. We don't use any of that stuff. And That's we try awesome. to use as many local ingredients as we can. It's really cool. And we do everything by hand there. And... So, so it's a lot of fun. And all and stuff like that. Yeah, small batch yeah, stuff. small batch for nice. sure. Yeah, it's a lot of work sometimes, but quality. Stuff. What isn't the one in Maplewood? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's where I work. That's good. That's, yeah, that's, no, I I took uh, the baking and pastry courses at Forest Park. So Schiller's a chocolatier, so he was like super stoked about it, like whenever chocolates class came through. So like, yeah, he was very pretty, passionate about that. Pretty good crash course in chocolates, but that's yeah. definitely a, a temperamental thing. But like once you learn the, the basics of it, like it it's is. super fun. And it is. And it's, and it's really cool. The science behind it all. I yeah. mean, we have people asking all the time, like how, you know, we don't make the chocolate there. We just melt it and we work with it sure. and temper it. But the science behind the chocolate is cool. So the, different cocoa butter crystals and there's like yeah, the 13 different ones yeah. or something and um but yeah it's a lot of fun so. well and even the process of chocolate to bring it back to this hold on i have dog hair um chocolate's fermented like to start with yeah. chocolate like you harvest it you ferment it and then you process it into what people know is chocolate so right. like chocolate mm-hmm. fermented most people wouldn't know that they'd be like oh i mean a chocolate bar it's fermented. It's, like, fermented. it's been fermented for pretty much every time you've eaten it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. If it wasn't for fermentation, we probably wouldn't have like society for the most part. You know what I mean? Because we were hunters mm-hmm. and gatherers, and it was when we ate fermented foods and drinks that we got inebriated, mm-hmm. and then we tried to re repro- recreate that process, and that was what kept us into certain areas because we knew that you know that you know if we stay here and let this ferment or we heated up these grains and walked away from them for a week and came back it was gonna get us fucked up mm. it's really weird you guys ever watch Cooked like the Michael Pollan yes, documentary uh, the mm. whole the whole episode on fermentation is just dope and just like okay. just yeast yeast is like that's why I like being a beer brewer now just mm. like dude yeast is everything like well it's natural like it's just floating in the air it's just in the air it's there already it just generates life Mm. we live symbiotically with it basically we live right with it yeah you got it why not use it (laughs) well like you know for years it wasn't even until like the last century that like brewers understood what yeast did to beer you know what I mean we really understood yeast and we could look at it you know what I mean in under um, a microscope you know what I mean like in a petri dish and see it going because 
like if you look at the Rheinheisenbot or whatever it is like that you know the the German brewing law like water grains barley hops three things right mm-hmm. but the one thing that actually makes beer is yeast, yeast like, yeah. like this thing is is that brewers make wort beer makes or yeast makes beer and that's true mm-hmm. and so it's like like literally people like primitive people thought it was like God or the gods you know what I mean like making things happen and maybe that's what it is maybe the universe has just sent yeast to and yeast we is God. and maybe we just evolved from yeast <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like who knows but it's just it's just crazy to like sit back because I'm a big historical person I think if I wasn't if I wasn't cooking I'd probably be like studying history and teaching you know that's philosophy that kind of thing that's that's knowledge yeah you know what I mean? And studying Basically culture. Cooking, yeah, but yeah, but sure. cooking has really just taught me so much about culture and history Absolutely. in the end anyway. Because I also I also always just had like a creative drive. I just sucked at drawing. <laughs> and I sucked at painting. Nice. And finally, you know, like I got in the kitchen when I was... I got behind the line when I was like 15. And I was just like... Me too. I fell in love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I finally had an outlet. And... Uh, Kitchen's not for everybody though. It's, it's oh, crazy sure. to see... Like, well, us, like, our, you got to be a little ADD, I feel like, because your mind is going so many 65 different directions just to be able to, you know, compose all those thoughts into, I don't know, a prep list or your own prep list or just whatever. Saturday service. Yeah, it's Saturday. Throwing, like, seven pans around like you're juggling. Expediting six fucking cooks around you. Yeah. And just at the the end, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. That was great. That was smooth. Yeah. Yeah. And then do it all over again. For somebody that came in, I started to work uh, in a kitchen when I was fuck, 16 or 17, and I was super green, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing, mm-hmm. but, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, Chris Tyrone, I don't know if you guys know who yeah. he is, took a chance on me, threw me on the line, and Quincy's menu used to be a shit show, and they know that, so it won't, it won't offend them, but just as far as, like, station-wise, it was just station-heavy on every single thing. There was nothing as far as, you couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm on there on a Saturday, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, and like, and you're seeing everything going going out, and you're dragging things. You're in the weeds, and you're literally knee deep in the weeds. And then finally, Saturday service ends. They're like, "Hey, you did really good." I was like, "Fuck what? <laughs> what? I did good." Yeah. They're like, "Yeah, like, we, yeah, you didn't get we, yelled at." Yeah, so we, we expected good. you to do that, and I was like, "Oh, sweet." <laughs> but now, you know, now that I'm almost six years into it, you know, seeing the the growth. You know, being very young, you got to be a sponge in this industry and soak up as much knowledge as you possibly can. Master every station you've worked. You know, be able to take everything to, you know, every job. I'm, come, I'm, I'm being a personal chef in Kansas City when I move in May. Yeah. Being able to take what you learn, learn on the line, you know, you're not going to necessarily be on the line when you're a personal chef. But taking, you know, how you mise en place out everything and how you... You know, carry yourself in the kitchen. You know, knife cuts and everything. It still has to stay with you. You, you move. Your your knowledge moves with every every career, every job you have, and that's huge for me, in this industry. Well, especially being private chef, that's time is money at that point. Like mm-hmm. I have a client here in St. Louis, and they're allergic to you know six pages of things, so I can't cook with a lot of stuff. So I have to cook around that. Mm-hmm. But then just making a menu that they're okay with, because they're your pickiest guests. Like mm-hmm. you have somebody walk in with a shellfish allergy. Well, I just have somebody walk in every single week that has twelve different allergies, and I have to try to make something that fits in how they want to eat. If they're working out, you know, they want protein heavy things, they want different nutrition. But I try to change it up, you know, every week, so that way it's it's more versatile to their palate. They can 
eat different things, try different things, but still enjoy everything. So it keeps you on your toes as a cook, though. Absolutely, sure. being able Absolutely. to like, stay up on constant you know trends. Uh, obviously, you know, allergies aren't trends, but being able to like be able to work well, on those things. Gluten free, that's kind of trendy. But, <laughs> yeah. It's trendy just because people are trying to be creative with it, and that's yeah, that's exactly. and that's just people having fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's annoying, but it's it is still neat to see like 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 the people who are driven to cook that like just go for a ball out and come out with some neat stuff and there's been some really neat stuff to come out of like vegan cooking that I've yeah. that, that I have like completely put in in my repertoire and things that I do and day in and day out in the kitchen and it's just like it just works it tastes good it's a, it gives a different texture to all these other things that I've always liked and it's a new technique in your arsenal it's a new technique yeah I mean but uh, like, there's no class for line cooking, man. Either you got it or you don't. Like, like yeah. you can take all all the coursework. You can go to all the schooling you want. It's not the same. But there is there's there's no one there's no one one for line cooking, man. You yeah. just either have it or you don't. That's what they don't teach you in school, and, and that's no. like that is one of the things that I like. I've asked so many people that have gone to culinary school and that have not, and they're like obviously they come between, you know, they're fifty fifty. I was like, what is the one thing that you like? wish you could have learned that you didn't learn like you know being able to you know mise en place you know have a have a set you know directions or whatever in timely manner they're like as a, as a line cook you're you're shitting and getting like you got you have no time like if you if you're 5 minutes behind you're you're 50 minutes behind in, in schedule and you're you're an hour and a half into into the service like you're fucked yeah. like there's no you're working your way back into service but in school they don't teach you that Right. And as soon as you get on the line, you're either, yeah, like you said, you either have it or you don't. There isn't that you can't, I mean, yeah, you, you'll probably, hopefully you learn it within a, a couple of days or a week, but after that, good luck to you. But even still, like, there's there's people I know who can get through service, you know what I mean? But they'll never have the mechanics, you know what I mean? Like, there's just dudes I know who, like, you know, they were great. I put them on Garmo and they learned how to, like, survive that island by themselves and get their shit out. And then, you know, I put them on, I put them on the grill and they can kind of, they can grill some stuff. But then I start, I start to teach them how to cook on a stove and how to plate Mm -hmm. and they're lost, man. Like they're just, they don't have, they don't have the fine motor skills. You know what I mean? They don't have, they don't have that, that level of cleanliness and organization. They don't have the know-how to like not put a dirty pan on the stove when you're dirty, when you're busy as shit. Like don't Mm -hmm. put dirty, you know what I mean? And they don't have... They don't have that mindset to go, you know, all the ladles go in the same direction, even every time you fucking use it. You know what I mean? Like, if you take a ladle out of the six pan, it better be in the far back right corner when you put it back. All your tools better be pointed in that same direction. Some people are never going to get that. They can still suffice. You know what I mean? They, they can still make it. And it's like, the further along you get, it's like, how much do I need this person? How much do I want to invest in this person? How much do I just don't even want to deal with it you know like but it it gets harder because i have trouble working with like what i call lukewarm cooks you know what i mean like like dude either you're about it and you're passionate about it or you're not mm-hmm. you know and, and, and there's no in between for me for that you know what i mean like i can't come in and, and not try and get as much done in a day as i can i can't come in and if i'm in the back and I really got to do something. And even though I trust my guys on the line to run the line for me, I can't feel bad every time I hear that, not feel bad every time I hear that printer ring. You know what I mean? Yep. And there's some people who don't have that. They could be sitting in the outback just blowing cigarettes and playing games on their phone while the whole kitchen's going down. You know what I mean? And they might actually be a good line cook. Mm-hmm. But that's just somebody that's never going to work with me long term. You know what I mean? Sure. You're a means to an end until I find somebody who's 
is passionate, you know. That's my thing, is like, I want things done a certain way. I'm very, you know, OCD. You know, I wish everybody could, like, have an incredible work ethic. Like, if you're, if you're a line cook, mm-hmm. like, basic line cook, you know, Garmo all the way up to grill, fry, you know, obviously working, working the pass. You, it, it, just, this is probably just me thinking this. You have got to fucking, like, bust your ass. Head down, yes, chef, fucking prove yourself every day. You fuck up, you come in the next fucking day, and you're spotless. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you're only as good as your, your last dish. And that's, that's how I carry myself, and I'm my biggest critic, because, you know, that's how I was taught as a line cook. Mm-hmm. Like, you have better fucking get your ass in the gear, put your head down. You know, if you messed up this dish, that next dish better be fucking spotless. Mm-hmm. You know, prove yourself every time. And then I feel like there's people in this industry that will, like, you know, they'll become a line cook, they take it for granted, oh, I'll get by, whatever, and then they'll make it. Right. Yeah, they're good enough to, to work on a line or whatever. But it, it's the passion and the drive and, and the, you know, the opportunity that, that they're just, you know, wiping under the table. It's like, come on. You know, like, only, like, the strong survive. And this industry is one of those things that it will give back if you give it the opportunity. Yeah. Like, the, like I've learned, like, like, social media, you brought it up. Social media, for me, has, has made every job slash opportunity slash collaboration I've ever done that much more special. Because, like, you can cook your ass off. But, you know, being able to work with the op- like the people that I've gotten to work with yeah. is because, like, I've proven myself on a plate. It's because I've, I've proven myself in person. You know, Instagram is one thing. Yeah, you, you see me through a screen. But if you can't cut your ass and if you can't present yourself on a plate and in front of 100 people, then, you know, come on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it, it's giving back to, to, you know, the industry is, is, it will give back to you as, as much as you put into it. So. Right. That's just with anything in life. You get what you put in. You, know. you have to be willing to, to take in the new knowledge and the criticism. Like, mm-hmm. Take the criticism. Don't flip on the criticism. If somebody like is stern with you about something, well, ask them why they were that way with you. Like, What did you do that wasn't right? What was could you do that was better? You know, Progress each time. Like you said, if, if you put up a dish and it's bad, the next dish better be perfect. But look at the last dish. Learn from your mistake. What can you do to progress the next time you do it? And... Just keep pushing forward, and if you don't have that mentality, then yeah, you're you're gonna sink, and you're gonna sink hard. I, I was that that way. The criticism got to me. I, I mean, I was, I was I was I when I first started Instagram and got on Facebook, I was like eighteen or nineteen, and like I got like so much criticism by all these plate ups. Like I call them pretty plate ups. It's it's me trying to work on you know honing in my skills. Obviously, my plate ups are you know not nearly as 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 I want them to be but you know it's, it's a learning pro- it's, right. it's, it's a work in progress but you know I took the criticism and I took it like I was getting stabbed in the back or a gunshot to the chest I was like damn like I'm taking that as a blow to me but I was like there's so many things that you can learn and she, she was like part of me as well like you have to take this criticism and learn from it like, right. don't take it as like people are like oh you fucking suck you, you're shit whatever don't take, take that it personally like, like learn yeah. from that take what they're saying it may not you may not agree with it but they may have a point at the end of it Right. You know, like, they may, like, say bullshit, like, six sentences, but that last sentence may be like, hey, you know, I'll try the next plate up, or I'll, I'll work I'll work and do this different. One of the biggest things for me was, like, working seasonally. I just liked to cook what I like to eat. Right. And so I was plating that. But they're like, hey, why don't you, like, try working in season, or, like, try, like, doing what's, like, new to you, you know? You're young. Try a new, try a new fish, or try a new protein. So I was like, fuck it, yeah, let's do it. And so I've started to, to try and work that into me right. as a cook. And, you know, I haven't 
I haven't heard the negative feedback. Maybe I should, you know, keep me humble a little bit. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do think, you know, being able to take criticism, you know, and be able to take it, you know, the right way instead of be like, oh, fuck, I suck. So it's like, all right, cool, I'm just a shit cook. Yeah. There's so many people that will do that. Oh, that's the biggest thing that I've had is in training cooks in the last few years because yeah, I'm 34, 35 soon enough. And, you know, I've been sous chefing and managing for the last five, six years. And it's just like, I came up getting screamed at and yelled at and shit thrown at me and, and, and nobody's really coming up that way anymore. And fuck, man, I recently just got asked to resign because I was probably a little too extreme and I pushed a server to the point that he punched me. Do you know what I mean? I didn't hit him back. I didn't do anything. I asked him if he wanted another shot and then I told him, <laughs> and I told him what he just did was assault. It got all out of control. I was like, you need to move on. But anyway, it was, it was, you know, like, but that was also the culture of the place that I was working in. You know what I mean? I worked for like the most extreme chef in this fucking town in the last 25 years. And I've heard, yeah. The only thing I was trying to do was just fill the shoes, man, because I was the next step down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't always run kitchens that way. My biggest thing, like at the end of the night is getting all my cooks together and we all look at each other in the eye and we say, you know, like, I lead the discussion, but it's like, here's what you could have done better, here's what you could have done better at the same time. We talk about what we did well, and we all talk about what we feel like we need to do better and what we're going to focus on when we come in tomorrow. That's awesome. And we all shake each other's hands before we leave the door. That's the biggest and the most important oh, yeah. step. Yeah, settle right It's breeding that camaraderie, you know yeah. what I mean, and, and not creating separation and, and having everybody worried about you know who's going to get the next shot at being the next sous chef or you know what i mean and, and creating you know creating don't worry content about between the cooks yeah don't worry about titles don't worry about money you know what i mean like none of that stuff like nobody's going to be here forever take what like you said you know like this this is only going to lead you to that next step every other every job i've ever had in my life prepared me for the next job mm-hmm. you know for the next step of my life and so I never really took any job as the end all be all of like my career do you know what I mean like yeah it's always been my goal to work my way to the top like that's how I was raised like if you're gonna be somewhere you might as well be the top guy in that place or working towards it you know what I mean like push yourself pushing myself you know for myself but um, you know being uh, being somebody who's able to take criticism well is is so important when you're first cracking in but then the, the farther along you get the more experience you get being someone who can give criticism well is that much more important sure because it's all about keeping good people around you you know what i mean and keeping people around you who motivate you not people who depress you or like god i really don't want to come in and have to tell this dude how to do this again today <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. having people who come in and just like Hey man, I was thinking about, you know, while we were making this the other day and, and, and it made me think of this and I want to try it. I want to try doing this and this. And then you're like, go ahead. Yeah. Can I help you do yeah. some mise en place for your station? So you have the time to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I might sure. learn from you, you know, like I think, it, you know, like I'm at this point in my life where like, I don't even want to take a job unless I'm cooking with the people that I really want to cook with, or it's like a really great opportunity, man. Sure. You know, it's like, that's why I like. I got asked to resign. I took a couple weeks off and like, I'm just working in a homebrew shop and working in the brewery. And it's just like, I haven't even sent resumes out to like for any head chef jobs. Cause the last thing I want to do is take over somebody's pre-existing dumpster fire mm-hmm. and just walk into that. You know, yeah. what I for, mean? for us, it's like, and, and I'm pretty sure you guys can like agree with me. You know, obviously, I mean, 
you have a family, but you know the kitchen is your second family. Those are the guys you spend a lot of freaking time with. Yep. So like the camaraderie between cooks or, the, or like the unity, I guess that's necessary. Like yeah. to run any professional kitchen, there can never be you know obviously we're gonna have some shit talking or whatever, but that's gonna stop by the end of the fucking clock. Yeah. As soon as you clock out, that shit can't ca- carry over because it's just gonna ruin any line. It's gonna ruin any unity yeah. between a. Ki- from between the kitchen, that's the fan. That's like your kitchen family is the people that you spend the most time with. Right. As as, as cooks and chefs and, and as people like blind dogs, we spend most of our time at our job. Yeah. Me some plassing out, like creating recipes, doing doing what we love to do. That's where we spend most of our time. Even so, even when you're not physically in the building, yep. Mentally, you're you're thinking about you're thinking the, about yeah. things. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'm finding myself do that now. It's like, you know, I'm, like I'll have I had a, a couple events, you know. But you know, you're thinking about, all right, what do I got to do the next day? Like, what, what can I prep out? What can I get up on? You know, and that's like, and I think that's when you know when you're, you're a cook is when you think about your work 24-7. It just consumes you. But it can't consume you all that much because then it's just going to kill you. No, that's, that's but you're thinking to, about. You have to remember it's still a job. Like no. you said, like it, end everything at the end of the night. Like if, if anybody yelled at anybody or something like that, at the end of the day, it's a job. It's high stress, but just end it there. Be friends yeah. by the end of it. Like if you can't be, then you know maybe it's not the right place or what have you. But it's it's a job. At the end of it. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and I I had lost sight of the job aspect sure. of it just being a job because it was my life. You know, mm-hmm. cooking is our life, man. Sure. It's, yeah. You wear it. You wear it when you go out, and you know you you know you you base your social media platforms around it. You know what I mean? And then in, in like you base your free time, you base your friendships, your relationships off of it, mm-hmm. and like. Yeah. I just wasn't making any room for anything else in my life. I was working 60-hour weeks, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And then at the same time, I was, like, working on this brewing thing at least one day a week on my day off, like, not leaving any room for myself, Yeah, you know? And it's like, man, I just had to take a couple of weeks to just, like, be come human, back to the be earth human again, you know what I mean? And I'm almost kind of grateful for this, like, half-ass retail job, just so I can be like, all right. Like, I'm not done with the kitchen by any means. I'm, sure. like, I'm still... Oh, retail yeah, sucks. For sure. I came up for retail. I used to work at Marshalls. I was a coordinator. Like yeah. dealing with the people, that's for front of house people. Right. Like you made a point. Like I get. Well, I I got tested when I was really young. I I mean I was dating this girl at the time, and, and she made me choose her or my career. And I was like, I'm sorry, you're good. I, I'm I'm going to choose my career. Yeah. Like if you take that as as a personal thing, I'm sorry, but like I'm. How can you tell somebody to pick something they really exactly, enjoy exactly. Yeah. doing over them? Like that. That's not her. Just such a note. But I was like, Obviously. I was like, Obviously. I was like, uh, but like, like so if you guys got married, right? You put a ring on it. So. If, if you're gonna yeah. tell me to pick my career over you, or, or if you're gonna tell me to pick you over my career, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. like I, 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 I've had this passion since I was five years old. Like Emerald Gassi is one of those guys that I watched on the Food Network, coming up, saying bam, watching, <laughs> watching my my grandparents in the kitchen just like being creative, and so like. That's why I wanted to do it. Why yeah. it was like when I when I heard you can be creative using your hands cooking with food. I was like, holy shit! I'm making this a career. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Every day should be fun. You get to you get to cook for people. Like I'm not going into a burning building, yeah. and fighting a fire. I'm not standing as a law enforcement person getting shots fired at me. Yeah. I'm literally. I mean, yeah, cooking is dangerous, but. You know, I'm cooking for people. Like I'm, I'm serving, serving. You know, the right. city of St. Louis. Like well, that's you're exciting. Somebody's free time worthwhile. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. if somebody comes out for like a dinner, but it's an anniversary or a birthday, or they're celebrating something. Like people are, are taking their time out of their free time that they've scheduled because they work lives too. Whether you know they're right. in corporate America or what have you, but they've taken their free time and they're giving it to you, and you have to give it your all to 
to impress them and to make them enjoy every moment of it. Mm. And that's what's really cool is right. is that like you're bonding with people over food. It's it's cultural like you said earlier, but like food brings everybody together. Everybody has to eat. Mm. It's the ultimate equalizer. It's the ultimate equalizer. That's perfect. What do you way think? To describe it. What, yeah, this, what oh, the Midtown brand? Round, I like this. It's got like a really nice, heavy mouthfeel that you don't get on a on a brown. It's almost kind of got like some chocolatey malt. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's very yeah. similar to yeah. a, a porter, more or less, than a, than a brown. 6.7%. It's a, it's a brown ale, but like, I'm getting, so yesterday we released a beer, but I'm getting more chocolate today than I did maple syrup yesterday. Like, it's, it really tastes like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> this no. is delicious. The nose is more like espresso or like yeah. chocolate. Yeah, there's like. there's some chocolate malts in there. So, like, when chocolate malts, almost like when you bite into them raw, they just have, like, a almost like a coffee. Like, you bit into yeah. a coffee bean. You know? Yeah, it's almost like cold brew coffee. Is kind yeah. of this like. is not heavy at yeah. all. No. Like, if, this, if you're, like, like a, a beer, like, beginning beer like I am, like, this would be, like, easy on the mouth for sure. Yeah. Like this is one of those not palate. Yeah, it's punchers. not too hoppy or anything right, like that. Yeah. Like it's got a nice sweetness to it. People could drink this instead of water or Bud Bud Light. Bud water. <laughs> it's blue yeah. for water. Right. right? Yes. But yeah. Something like that. Water with a little bit of hop, maybe. No. What are your guys' favorite breweries in town? If I if I may ask. <laughs> like I just had my birthday in October, so my girlfriend set it up. We went to like four or five different breweries and like met people at all of them and tried all kinds of different beers just to just to have fun. I'd have to say Side Project is okay. probably definitely on my top two. Um, I really like Four Hands, though. Mm-hmm. Um, four Hands and, and Second Shift are top, well, top three. Second, or Center Eyes is... I was say, you better say Center Eyes. And like, <laughs> Center Eyes and Four Hands and Second Shift. Uh, Urban Chestnut, I mean, obviously he's going to round it out for five, but I don't know who my four would be. I don't know. Perennial, perennial does have some. Perennial's pretty good. Yeah. Perennial's pretty tasty. They yeah. were they were doing. <laughs> I feel like you know, craft brew scene started with perennial and four hands. It was perennial, four hands, urban chestnut. Okay. Schlafly. Uh, well, well Schlafly's yeah. before that. Yeah. So so and then uh, like around that time there was six row. Six row came out. And I want to say Square One came out, but it's like they're called like the class of 2012. Okay. And it's like four or five, and they just like all came out in 2012. Whenever Schlafly's been around since the 90s. Yeah. So Schlafly, I mean, they're they're pumping and going. Like they just had their what do you call the the Stout and Oyster Fest? Yeah, they're almost a macro brewery at this point. Yeah, like they're nearly a macro brewery, and they they have like out of state canning, so they're they're distributing out of state. Like, the big thing in brewing is is the independent brewer. And, like, okay, so there's, like, the craft brewery. Like, Four Hands is a craft brewery. Urban Chestnut is a craft brewery. Mm-hmm. But they're on every shelf in every grocery store. Right? right. So, like, the independent brewery is the dudes who are, like, only selling their stuff out of their brewery. Sure. They might be lucky to, like, hit a shelf or two in a, in a like, second shift you can find in a couple, like, couple Chinooks around second shift. Yeah. Probably, like, a And then you get them down at the hop shop. Yeah. You yep. know what I mean? And then, like, at the local liquor stores. Sure. So like they're just like above, they're a craft, but like my favorite brewery is Narrow Gauge, and that's a completely independent brewery. Like they sure. have a six barrel system, it's in the basement of a restaurant. <laughs> People are literally like lining up around and muling, you know, like hiring, like paying hobos to stand in line with them so that they can get the, <laughs> like because what they do on these special releases is they they limit it, like you know, like you yeah. get a case of cans per person. Sure. So like. If I just get a homeless person to stand next to me and pay for their beer, now I get two cases. Like, so I, I, 
because I'm a hophead, because I like IPAs, I'm going to put narrow gauge right at the top. That's but like right underneath that is side project shared. Like those dudes are killing it. Yeah, and they're like absolutely. literally the number one brewery on, um, untapped, like the nationwide oh, yeah, app. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of like uh, beer trading forums, like on Facebook and social so media. Trying like, to swap for like, like, they're like micro stuff. Dude, the stuff, like the, the side project releases are nuts. Like the, what people are willing to offer for, what you know like what you get in return sure second shift perennial right after that and then uh then probably four hands yeah as you know but yeah and then hopefully i, I haven't made it down to center ice one day i want to make it down there and there's yeah. and, and dude there's so many new ones just opening every other day oh, like absolutely. i want to make it to, to all of them and they at are, the same time yeah. i just want to open my own going mm-hmm. to kansas city boulevard uh they're killing the game right now. Tanks that was probably one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite beers. It was one of my favorite beers for a very long time, and actually, one like I had a very lucid dream at one point in my life, and every beer on tap was Tank Seven. <laughs> and I looked, I looked at the bartender, and I said, "Why is every beer Tank Seven? She goes, "Well, it's your dream, stupid." <laughs> and then, like, I just like I ran with it, man. I like went Neo in the Matrix and everything. It was really awesome. <laughs> That's uh, definitely a delicious, a delicious. Well, if you like that, dude, second shift, that OG haze craze, okay, tastes identical. Really, I I was like, uh, it's like a, I want to say it's a wheat beer, but yeah, or maybe it's like just like a a half of a half. Half of yeah. yeah. But yeah, dude, it's like it's got that banana clovey like, same profile as as the the tank seven. Okay, I dug it. I dug it. Nice. Yeah. No, I got to hang out there. Uh, I did an event with STL uh, Wine Girl, yeah. um, and so she did like a giant event. She brought a bunch of people in, and I got to drink a bunch of their beers while helping out. And like, I can't remember what I drank. There was a lot going on. Like, I was basically back of house, but also I got to like eat the food and like hang out with people. So like, I was running trash while drinking a beer and like stuff like that. But definitely a really cool place for one, and the beer was delicious. So you just got back in town, didn't you? I did. Where'd you go? Um, so this past week I got back from Newport beach. I went for ACF, uh, chef connect conference. Mm-hmm. I was part of the knowledgeable team. I was the captain this year. Uh, played on the team last year, had a really good time. So I, I came back. We didn't do so good this year, but I mean, we got to go, we got to have fun. Um, the, the best part about going to ACF chef connect is you get to meet different chefs. Mm-hmm. You get to sit in on lectures. You get to learn from people. Um, we get to talk to all kinds of different people. If you're looking for a new job, like, Everybody was there just offering, like, jobs. Disney was there, a bunch of different people. Um, Natural Tableware was one of the sponsors, and, you know, we work pretty pretty loosely with them, Angela and Tim, for sure. Um, But it's just, it's a really good thing. Like, everybody that goes to ACF events, they want to teach you something, or they want Mm -hmm. you to walk away learning something. And everybody is about that, and it's just, it's so cool. It's, It's social networking, but it's taking it off the digital scale and it's putting it back in person. You're walking up to people and you're shaking their hand and you're meeting them. You might have never met them before in your life. You might be nervous as all hell just talking to this person, but you're going to give them a card. You're going to talk to them. You're going to communicate. You might get their Instagram or their Facebook or what have you, but you're going to talk to them down the line and ask them a question about something. Mm -hmm. They are going to offer you the information because it's not like working in, what I assume, you know, a super fine dining restaurant would be where nobody wants to let you know anything because mm-hmm. it's their yeah. secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's the complete opposite of that. Everybody wants to share their knowledge and, and help everybody push themselves even more forward. And 
it's just it's a great thing. I really love yeah. it. I think that whole that whole mentality of keeping things secret and keeping things away and sabotaging people around you. I think that's dying off. Yeah. I think I think I think just like as a society, like like we're tired of the division. You know what I mean? And like you know we're cooks, so we talked about you know food being the great equalizer. It's just like man, you know what like. I I hold pretty near and dear to my pasta recipe by heart. You know what I mean? Nice. It took me years to make it, but it's just like I'm not unwilling to teach it to somebody. But sure. like you gotta want to learn. You gotta want to learn it. But at the same time, it's like I'll never. I'll never not show somebody who's who wants to know. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. especially when you get to a level where you're you're talking to people that you idolize now as your peers, and then it's just like, let me unload. You know what I mean? And then and then you'll it's fun to teach somebody something mm-hmm. and then watch them run with it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Because sure. you're going to learn. Yeah. You're going to learn from see their failures. You're going to learn from their failures. Yeah. You're going to learn how, you know what I mean? You're going to see warning signs of yourself failing in them sure. and, and just things like that. And then, like I said, just watching that create, that creativity evolve, you know what I mean? It's like, take whatever technique you want, you know what I mean? And then <clears> pass it down to the next generation and watch, watch that person's life experience take yeah. it in a different direction, you know what I mean? Because that's what we're doing. Like, we're, we're applying ourselves to these things that work from generation to generation that are, that are tried and true and proven, you know what I mean? But it's just like, now I'm just adding my narrative to it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm adding this to my narrative, and it's, and it's adjusting my course now. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the quotes that I take from Chef's Table, Grant Atkins' episode off of Netflix is, like, if the protege does not surpass the mentor, then would the mentor really do his job? Yeah, like like you you're like you're setting the, the 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 table for you know success, and that protege of yours is supposed to take that and fucking run with it. Right, that like means you, you did them, well. Yeah, exactly. Right. You give them what yeah. you have, yes. and they take it and they add what they have, and they make it stronger. Right, and, and then they, they pass it on. Then, yeah. Right, so it just, it's, it's just a cycle. Yep. Right, and that's a lot of this whole profession was for the most part for the longest time it was just a, a verbal passed on traditional thing. You know yep. what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know. The Italian popes came up to France to eat with the French popes, <laughs> and then the French people wrote down what the Italian people did, and now you have Recipes. formal cooking. Yeah. yeah, now you have formal cooking, and then eventually schools trained out of that. But you know, it's like it's just crazy, like how much of it is like it's a love because I love this thing, and if I see that you love it, and I have some type of love for it, like I'm gonna give it to you, mm-hmm. and only in that sense though, only in like. You have to treat it with the same level of love that I gave it. Does it always happen? No. You know what I mean? But Yeah. Yeah. My thing for like leaving a legacy is like I don't wanna be, you know, one of those guys that like keeps a, like every recipe that I ever make that's a genius a secret. You know? As cooks, you know, we learn something. i I'm one of those people that like if I, if I get something yeah. and it's fucking great. I want to be able to. I want to pass it on. I want. To, I want yeah. to spread the word. Like I want to make sure like everybody knows well, that 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 recipe is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can like critique it and then make it your own. If for people like uh, that's why the St. Louis food scene to me like being able to like take a back seat for a bit and watch it grow. Our, the food scene here in St. Louis is crazy, like everybody knows everybody. Everybody will work well with everybody. Like, if, if, you know, if Michael and Terry Galena from, you know, Vicia, like, if they do something well, or if they need something, you know, the next restaurant's like, oh, hell yeah, well, yeah, you can, you can borrow our, our CVAP or our sous vide, you right. know, I, I, I need, I need a fucking cup of sugar, fuck, I mean, I doubt that rarely happens, but I mean, it, it, they're, they're, they're so giving, 
the, right. the food scene here in St. Louis, where like you don't see that. You know, it used to be a doggy dog like fuck you. I'm gonna make your restaurant hell. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your customers away. Now it's like everybody works with everybody, and, it, and it's Absolutely. great to see. We have people come in and like. You know, we have a charcuterie room in the restaurant. Some people will use that if they need to. Like, we have a CVAP. Sometimes people use that for catering and stuff like that. But, like, everybody works together to help everybody else. Because mm-hmm. if, if everybody can give it their all all the time and just be friendly with people, like, you're going to have good business between everything. So it's it's really cool. But, yeah, like you said, everybody does know everybody. Like, the first question in St. Louis is, where would you go to high school? <laughs> right. That's, yeah, yeah. Also, at the same time, though, like, there's parts of the industry that are clicky you know what I mean like yeah. high school was sure. you know what yeah, I mean sure. Sure. and that's always been my biggest beef with it you know what I mean or like the whole pay to play kind of concept yeah. with certain things mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that's cool that's fun you know what I mean and it, it I like that on the surface we give like we like to give off this image that we all play well together but <laughs> it's not always true man right. and and sometimes you get in the kitchen with the guy you thought you liked and you're just like look at this asshole work you know what <laughs> I mean and, and, and you'll, you'll, you're gonna come across it the more yeah. you start to collaborate that's why I don't collaborate as much as I probably should just because it's like oh man I've got my own standards and I'm weird yeah. and not that this motherfucker can't cook but like it just doesn't make sense for us to cook together other than we're doing it for an image mm-hmm. you know what I mean so then there, there's that aspect of it I kind of want to jump back a little bit, though, because, you know, you were talking about, you know, passing things on. And I think the biggest measure of success as a chef Mm -hmm. is not James Beard's. It's not Michelin stars. Mm. I've always said I only want two two awards. I made the most money award and I trained more cooks than you did. I trained more solid cooks than you did. Like, I just want to be a guy that people come to to gain knowledge to gain experience sure. to gain real world up you know like to learn how to run a business you mm-hmm. know what i mean like that's the one thing that a lot of people forget about is like this is still a business at the end of the day you mm-hmm. make all the pretty plates you want you can source all the crazy ingredients you want but if you ain't making money mm-hmm. that's the doing? that's the truest measure of success yeah. if your peers don't respect you that's a measure of success so that's like that's the, the two biggest things i've always wanted is I want money to live comfortably <laughs> and to open businesses and for people that I believe in, you know what I mean? I kind of wanted to do that, you know, the philanthropic thing where it's just like, I believe in you. Here's just some money to get started. You know, help I mean? other people help other achieve people. what they want. You know do. what I mean? And I also believe that you are a leader and you've spent enough time working under me. Here's one or two people go lead a flock yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like the biggest measure of success for me is, is the people the people that you affect the people that you touch you know what I mean and and they don't always have to be better than you for you to do your job like if you taught some you know 18 year old kid who lost his parents you know what I mean how to cook and that guy goes on to own his own business but maybe it wasn't as successful and maybe you're a three Michelin star chef and that guy just owns you know the best taco spot across town but he does it with the integrity of the three Michelin star place and his place is cleaner than <laughs> his place is cleaner than the place than that's getting all the press that paid yeah. for all the press. Well, then you still succeeded. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because you turn that person's life around. You turn that person's, like, you turn that person's family around, yeah. you know? So it's like, that's what I'm looking for more in my career now is less personal accolades, less, it just the ability to learn and give back what I've learned from and like, just like make better people. 
Because nice. I've been really bad at that and just bad at being a good person for a short period in my life. And that gave me enough perspective to just be like, you know, my life is not about me. It's not about grandiose behavior. It's not about Instagram followers or likers. Or, that's just a way to reach more people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. That's just a way. It's to, a platform. It's a right. platform for influence. You know what I mean? And it's just about making the world a better place than what I found it. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. I think we all walk into a kitchen with that hope. You know what I mean? And the, any of us who want to be like a chef or an owner, like you just walk into a place and you're like, how can I make this better? Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? While still respecting the person above you. you exactly. Know I mean? still, yep. still respecting the process. Like, you know, like I've worked for sous chefs and under chefs that I didn't like or respect. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? At the same time, like that person paid their dues to get to that spot. So yeah, yeah go with it. Go in with the mentality of like, I left it better than I found it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. For that, that the biggest thing from, you know, Thomas Keller's treat it like you own it one day you will. Mm-hmm. So even if you're in there and you're just like, I know more than the owner does, treat it like it was your own. Yep. Make it better. Exactly. Yeah. Don't try to push people around. Yeah. Yeah. I think the day, the days of the kitchen bullies are, should be over. Yeah. Everybody needs <laughs> yeah. to be working together. Like, you shouldn't have to get yelled at. You, people can talk to you and right. be like, hey, you know, right. make it better. Do it this way. Like, you don't have to be yelled at 24-7. Like, you don't have to have plates thrown at you or, you know, what happened. Hamburgers. Or you don't need to be called Alexa when your name is Alex. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dang. Shit like that. Um, but it's like, yeah, everybody work together. Everybody help everybody. Like, we're here together. We have to be for at least 10 hours a day. So let's just make the best of it. Try not to kill each other. Exactly. Just, like, yeah. We have knives. We understand we can all literally <laughs> kill each other. Yeah. Like, let's just not. And then we can go get a beer afterwards. Right, exactly. Yeah, so. Yeah. If, you, if you're, like, if you're going into a kitchen with the mentality of, I'm going to fucking crush every single person in this place, <clears throat> then you're walking in with, like, knives in your back already. Because yeah. if you walk in there saying, I'm the fucking best, with a, with a big-ass fucking ego and head on your shoulders, then yeah. you're going to be knocked clear the fuck across the room. Yeah. You're going to become, you know, everyone's, you know, you're, again, family member. Like, fuck. Treat them like family. I mean, obviously, families fight. It happens. Right. Shit happens. What happens during service stays during service. Yeah. Like, that doesn't carry over to your next shift. That doesn't carry over to, you know, your, your fucking shift beer. Yeah. Like, I don't hate you for life. Yeah. But, like, it's one of those things like, hey, it happened during service. I'm going to talk to you about it. It's not going to happen again. Yeah, let's, let's fucking, let's crush tomorrow's service. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's very forgiving. At the same time, it's also one of those things like, as a cook, when I was younger, I thought, I was scared to go into work the next day. I was like, fuck, I fucked up so hard. And then I got into this industry a couple more years and I was like, it's not, that doesn't, like, last service doesn't make me who I am. It's the next plate that I put out. Exactly. It's, it's just about the willingness to pick yourself up and stay focused and, and, and get better. You know, I had this cook, her and I went at it for like a good period of three years off and on. And we were, you know, we, we would get along and then she didn't like the way I said something to her. And then she would not take it well and get personal and say personal comments about me and then like you want to fight if you want to one up somebody in an argument like you're barking up the wrong tree with me you know what I mean and like I I'm a hothead I'm an asshole when I want to be or need to be you know what I mean and I always try to make people understand that even when I was being an asshole and like I would never get personal like I would never say personal things like to demean your your humanity but like like if you put up a plate of food and it looked like shit it looked like shit or if mm-hmm. you're being lazy you're being a lazy motherfucker you know what I mean and like you're just being a boss at that point yeah, yeah. like yeah maybe my tone wasn't the most professional but like one like look at the environment and where we're in you knew where you were coming into um 
I'm just trying to maintain that to a certain degree. And two, it's like, I'm trying to teach you a lesson that like, you can take this and, yeah. and you need to, to walk it off. But also sometimes you have to jolt somebody for them to really like yes. get it. You know what I mean? But the one thing I always made somebody understand who was working under me was that nobody cares about your career more than I do, except for you. Mm-hmm. And and there might be times that I care about it more than you do because I want you to leave here with a certain skill set. Mm-hmm. I want you to learn leave here with a certain set of knowledge so that when you go on to the next place and say I worked for this person, you're a reflection of me kinda at that point. You know exactly. what I mean? Yep. Like you like people are gonna think I'm an asshole because this is how you cooked and you say you learned from me. You know, like so there's there's that and then there's there's just like shut up and do it the way I, I'm telling you to do it. Like you, you should have checked your feelings at the door at the same time too, because mm-hmm. that comes with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, like the biggest thing about being somebody who creates something and puts it up for subjugation is being vulnerable. You know what I mean? And if you can't take my criticism as a peer, as somebody who knows more than you, yeah. how the hell are you going to take it when the diner tells you something and they know less Absolutely. than you? Exactly. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to be able to withstand that. So you're not ready to be the chef. Yeah. by any by any stretch of the imagination but you know like I said the biggest thing is even when you gotta be an asshole just make them understand that like I do care about you do you know what I mean like if I didn't care I would just let you keep fucking up and then I would just write you up and fire you yeah you know like you get you out of the kitchen yeah. I mean I had one kid send me six six hamburgers in a row that looked like he cooked him with a chainsaw. And it's not like, like all of them had that, like I stuck my tongs in it and lifted it up and checked the temperature. And and we're talking about a $22 hamburger. Oh shit. So I'm like, finally on the sixth one, I was like, does this look like you paid $22 for this? He said, no. And then, so I just fucking spiked it on the ground. I said, stop sending me this fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? This is sixth one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like toe in that line is never easy you know what i mean and but anytime you feel like you got to tiptoe around people because you might lose them then you're not really in charge you know what i mean like you go back to marco pierre white like if they don't fear you a little bit they're never going to respect you yeah you know what i mean you have to create that but i think that there's like the older i get the the more i think that there's ways around that you know what i mean there's ways to create respect age age is huge age is huge for for me it was like the hardest thing because i became a lead at 20 yeah and I was telling people twice my age to do something. Right. And they're looking at me like, oh, fuck you, dude. Right. <laughs> what, are you, what are you telling me to do? It's like, that was huge. Like, for me, like, that, I, I came home every night looking and talking to myself, like, how am I supposed to get across the message? Or, like, I want this done a certain way. I may not be your boss, but I'm the, I'm the second in command. I'm the second guy you go to. I'm the guy that's leading the line. I'm the guy that's calling tickets. I'm the guy that's plating all this food. And if you don't respect me, right, then you know, like, where, where is, where is the line? Like, uh, I have this saying, like, I'm your friend until five, or I'm your friend until four o'clock. Yeah. After four o'clock, we become, you know, line mates. We become, you know, we become a family, a, a, right. a, a unified group of people. And what happens on that line stays on that line. I'll talk to you after service. I'll tell you how bad you fucked up. Yeah. I may, I may lash out at you. I may say, "What the fuck is this? Like, are you, are you seriously giving this to me?" Yeah. But at the same time, I, I care about that. I care about, you know, you said it too, like, there's no one on that line that cares more about your, your career and the way that you're going than the person that leads it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I may be an asshole at the time, but, you know, it's, it's about the customers. It's about what they see. Like, yeah. when I put that, 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 that plate of food, you know, they eat with their eyes first. Like, if they see a fucking, like, half done, 
half done burger that's not cooked per- perfectly or, or, or you know it's it's uh, a pork dish that's fucked up and plated all retarded they're going to see that that's right. the first thing Yelp is the shittiest thing that's ever created ever right. for restaurants Yelp, Yelp is one of those things that like I understand diners have, have, a, have a reason for you know lashing out at restaurants but that is one of those things that like restaurants will take that and just laugh at yeah. and so like my thing is like if I'm plating a plate of food and you're you're going at that plate of food with with like a careless attitude. I'm not going to send it out. Yeah. I'm going to ask for you to redrop it. I'm going to ask for the whole ticket to be redropped because I'm not going to have six diners wait on the seventh dish. Yeah. That's just not how it goes. As a line cook, your your job is to make sure the food hits the window at the same time it's being plated. Right. Because everybody deserves hot food at, 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 on a hot plate. Yeah. That's it. At the end of the day, it's it's the same mentality. Right, I'm not gonna have my food looking picture perfect, and you're sending out a frumpy dish. Like it's it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work for me. I don't like that. And and and, and there's nothing wrong with holding other people to a standard. You know what I mean? It's it's about the point where it's you know you belittle it and you disrespect, like their humanity. You know what I mean? Like where you take things from their personal life that they may have indulged, and then you use that, mm-hmm. and it's like that has no place in the kitchen anymore. Exactly. But uh, the the excuses is what is what gets me. Is like. I've I had so oh. I've had I've had a line cook underneath me, that you know. My 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 mom had had health problems as I was growing up, but she started having uh she had a stroke when she was thirty, I was six at the time, and seizures and all that stuff. So I've dealt with my mom having a lot of health problems. There was a line cook, that used his 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 family's health problems or his mom's health problems as as to why his food was lacking or the why his food was doing. I was like, if you dude, if that if it was affecting you that much, just call off. Don't show up. Yeah. I would much rather work your station around you than have you put up shit fucking food in the window and have the diners sacrifice their hard earned money for a shit fucking plate that you're putting up. Right. I said, don't don't use that to see you. That's disrespectful. I said, I'll show you what's disrespectful. What's mm-hmm. disrespectful is the fact that you're sending that shit out to a fucking customer. And expecting them to pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, that's disrespectful. That's something that, like, I, as a customer, as a consumer of the food, I would fucking take as, like, are you shitting me? Like, you disrespected like, the farmer. You disrespected the life of the animal. You disrespected, you know, yourself. Uh, yeah. like you disrespected yourself. You have to keep up with the quality. Like, if you work at a fine dining restaurant, if you work at a McDonald's, Everybody has standards. You have to live to those standards. If yeah. you can't, you're not doing your job. Ergo, you shouldn't be there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One more. One more. Top it Quiet again. I know. It's I know. Fine. We're we're just kind of. Tell them all the time. I like being behind the scenes. I'm a, I'm a backstage kind of person. So. She fucking nailed it at I the like brunch. Yeah. Yeah. How'd the brunch go? Dude, it was fucking crazy. It's tough, isn't it? There's nothing. The the amount of tables, things you that you do like... with a fucking a workbench, yeah. and then like so, Center Asbury is doing these brunches. So Alex obviously hosted the first one, knocked it out of the fucking park. I hope I did the same. Uh, they don't have a kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we're gonna host a brunch, and then we get in there, it's like. <laughs> Fuck, there's not even a fucking toaster oven in this place. No. And so they're like, all right, you're going to make it. And then we're going to serve 30-something guests. Mm-hmm. It's like, awesome, fuck yeah, cool. But it's a cool thing because it's a challenge for us. All right. I was fucking knocked out of the park. Four courses, four beers, five beers? Four courses, four beers. Fuck uh, yeah. I had like a beginning tasting beer or whatever. But it's it's tough because like you, there, there's outlets. Like <laughs> that, They have tables, they have outlets, they have kegerator, and there's like one walk-in full of kegs. So you how, can how many fuses did you break that day? None. Luckily, yeah. knock on wood, we plugged into different outlets. So I guess they were like maybe on different mm. circuits. But... I blew at least six fuses. <sighs> at, at least six. Like I, I had an, uh, <laughs> I had a couple deep fryers and induction. I had a, I had a fucking uh, little uh, two sous vide. Yeah, two sous, <laughs> two sous vide. I mean, come on, fuck. I have my 
my menu was sous vide everything yeah. sous vide eggs sous vide yogurt but was done the day before which I don't know how like easy I didn't know how easy yogurt was to make beforehand but like sous vide and yogurt like yeah. that texture like texture taste mouthfeel like everything I was like super surprised about like yeah. that was my first like I'm not very comfortable using a sous vide so which is why I wanted to use it I was like test myself challenge myself mm-hmm. one I have to make a fucking makeshift, makeshift kitchen Two, using things that I'm not comfortable using. Like, that's, as a cook, you got to test yourself. you got to be able to, to work outside of, like, your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Working with different proteins. Like, shit, I don't work with tri-tip every day. And I smoked and sous vide a tri-tip. And it came out fucking delicious. So being able to use different things and test yourself. But, like, the brunch in and of itself was my first event or collaboration with anybody. And we killed it. She killed it with her crepe and her churro. And you know Nick, my buddy who works at Second Shift uh, Gorilla, nailed it with his his uh, his bagel, or his his idea of oh, steak, egg, and cheese. He had the idea. We kind of like went on on with it. His his idea for sure was knocked out of the park with the sixty three degree egg. Yeah. Like I love poached eggs, but the sixty three degree egg fucking put knocks a poached egg out of the fucking water. Like it. Everybody raved over it. They're like, oh my gosh, what is this? What is, what is sous vide? I, I, I kind of crapped my pants when I was trying to discuss the dish. I'm mm-hmm. like, sous vide? Because everybody's looking at me like, huh? Water, bath, vacuum? What? Those don't go together. But I, it was crazy. It was awesome. Well, that's the best thing about a pop-up is like, that that is the epitome of a pop-up working there because there's nothing but outlets. So like, you either work <laughs> sous vide or you find like a plug-in like flat top, like mm-hmm. electric flat top. You can use a microwave. They had one, but it's just like you have to think outside of the box and like what can you either do on the fly or what can you have already done, and then make it perfect for the for the people. Like it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was, it was a, a really lot of cool fun. And it was, Absolutely, I mean, it was a lot of work. We were up till four. Oh, nice. The the day before or the morning, I was sure. going to say that, yeah. but yeah. Um, just no, getting we, everything ready is it was tons of fun. I promise, chefs helping chefs is going to be way better. Oh, it's one dish versus like doing a whole right, menu. Right. Like, we, don't, we don't have to work on yeah, we have a kitchen. Yeah, kitchens are hard as man. It's like I've done a lot of personal chefing stuff. Sure. I've done dinner out of Barry Jackman's house. I've done dinner nice. for, you know, Bacchus's. I did a lot of dinners for Straight Rescue over the years, like helping oh, nice. them raise money. And dude, I just bought a lot of uh, power strips. Yeah. So that <laughs> instead of blowing the circuit, you just blow the power strip. Yep. Right. Induction cookers are a huge. I have four oh, induction cookers. Please, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. And then yeah, I wish I would have had sous vide years and years ago, but I just have a uh, at home poly science now. But yeah. yeah, it's fun. Those things are cool to keep pushing yourself, but it's like, it's just it's just a learning process, and it makes you appreciate having your own building where things are that way. You're oh, so, for sure. Yeah. So, like having a well-stocked kitchen. Like, yeah. Nothing beats a well-stocked kitchen. Yeah. The amount of ordering and, and like things that I like space paid for space is like, alone. holy yeah. shit. Just the space alone. Yeah, space. I think, I think we're getting booted, guys. So, oh, what? This is our hour. Yeah. Wow. Well, holy shit. Went fast. Yeah, that was good stuff, though. I'm Christine Guthrie with We Eat Stuff. And this has been another episode of We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. I would also like to encourage everyone to join our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash weeatstuff. There, you can become a sponsor of this podcast and all the work we do and be rewarded with cool stuff. We appreciate your support.
please join us next week for another interview. But in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye.